Cube Radio. You are listening to the Car Guide Podcast with Louis-Philippe Dubé and Gabriel Gélina. Good day, everyone, and welcome to this ninth episode of the Car Guide Podcast. I'm LP, and I'm with Gab, as always. And today, well, today, not today, but uh, this beginning of the uh, of the year, and uh, like every beginning of the year, is always award season. We, <laughs> a lot of cars get crowned, and it's kind of a bit of awkward when you when you attend these events and you say, "Well, we congratulate this car because we're congratulating a hunk of metal." However, they are important. Important for the automotive industry. Yeah. Gab, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, you're right. You know, award season, it's always in the springtime. You know, the, you have the yeah, the Oscars and the, whatever, the Grammys. Right, and, for actual and, people. Uh, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then there's all these uh, awards for, uh, for car of the year, you know, different organizations, different uh, uh, groupings of, uh, of journalists, such as uh, AJAC, of course, in Canada, the Automobile Journalists Association of Canada. There's yes. NACTOY, uh, the North American Car Truck and Utility of the Year. Yes. And there's also the World Car Awards. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, a lot of them have crowned already designated Cars of the Year and things like that. And others have just nominated finalists because the announcement is going to come later in the spring. Right. So I think we we, we could do a, a kind of a quick survey as to, you know, who won what and uh, of who's course. nominating. <laughs> Who's nominated for? And thanks for, for for explaining it this yeah. way because it's not everybody that knows what AJAC, NACTOR, yeah, exactly. and uh, World Car of the Year awards. And it's basically Canada, North America, which in North American Car of the Year award there are Canadians. You're part yeah. of it. Yeah. And World Car of the Year is international. Uh, international. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. so uh, you know it's 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 not exactly if I'm not mistaken it's not exactly the same judging, but essentially. The car is is judged according to characteristics, according to safety, performance, and everything that these journalists uh, uh, evaluate. Yeah, exactly. You know, equipment level, performance. Uh, you know, all kinds of the, the usual standards that we use to to, to measure and, right. and rate cars. And uh, obviously, so there you go. So. Do we, I think we should get started because <laughs> yeah, we have so much work. <laughs> I'm not even going to intro. There's a lot of information in this podcast episode, yeah. and we're going to get started right away with the AJAC because it's the the the, the quote unquote local one for us. Um, AJAC. It was at the uh, uh, the cars were crowned at the Toronto Auto Show uh, last week, which uh, I attended. Uh, I attended the event uh, in the morning of the media day uh, this year at AJAC. Uh, the The Canadian car of the year is the BMW i4 uh, fully electric uh, sedan from uh, BMW. And the SUV of the year is the Ionic 5, which is from Hyundai. From yeah, Hyundai. Um, But not really an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, this is what I wanted us to talk about just very briefly that we have to mention. As, uh, as much as it has the same uh, uh, um, uh, wheel span of, uh, of an SUV, And uh, uh, it, you know, it, it could be a, a lot of uh, automotive, uh, uh, automakers uh, uh, call their their actual cars SUVs because it kind of crosses the segments and 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 make people believe. But I think the I still think in the, deep down in my heart that the Ionic 5 is a car. And uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a car or a crossover, if you will. Yes, yes. Uh, in a way, it's, it's definitely not an SUV. But uh, you know, that's that. 
that's the editorial license, I guess, that yes. uh, the AJAC people have taken with with regards to you know they do only have two categories for right. for for these vehicles of the year. So you know maybe uh, some sort of renaming of the category would be in order for the future. Yeah, and and the the Ionic Five was was won many awards. Yeah, of course, uh, were, it, it was our it was the Car Guide Car of the Year uh, yes. last year. Yes, so. Uh, Thanks for a to a Jack for following up on our lead. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, now we're moving on to Nactoy. Yeah, exactly. North American Car Truck and Utility of the Year. That's a jury of fifty uh, uh, journalists from Canada and uh, the U.S. Uh, I'm on that on the on that jury. Right. And uh, the final the the winners actually have been announced. And the uh, the car of the year this year is the Acura Integra. Yes. The uh, SUV again. Same thing, uh, not really an SUV. It's the Kia EV6. Yeah, based on the same platform as exactly. the Ionic 5. And the truck is the Ford F-150 Lightning. Which is the, you know, the, the, the nameplate that uh, overall yeah. sells the best in North America. Exactly. So I think it's you know, significant that uh, obviously here we have two uh, electric vehicles. Um, the, the Lightning, of course, is a, is a milestone you know, vehicle. Oh, yeah. Because it's m not maybe the first uh, electric pickup truck on the market. You know, mm. there, there were some Rivians delivered before. Yes, yes. But, uh, but it was the first from the, the, the from a legacy. Um, yes, that's exactly. right. And of course, you know, part of the name best-selling nameplate F one fifty. So that uh, that created quite a bit of a buzz uh, there. Yep. Um, and then, if we're moving on to uh, World Car of the Year awards, the finalists have been announced in various categories. Um, and the winners will be announced at the uh, New York Auto Show. But we do have April the list. Five. Yeah, we have the list of, uh, of finalists. Uh, it's quite uh, quite long as well, but there are different categories. Uh, if we're talking, you know, basically there's World Electric Vehicle uh, Award uh, of the Year. Uh, so there are five uh, finalists there. BMW i7. So the luxury uh, 7 Series electric drive. A limousine. Exactly. Genesis GV60. So, oh, yes, so we've heard a about that one. Hyundai Ioniq 6 is also a finalist for that. The Kia Nero EV and the Lucid Air. Oh, wow. So those are the five uh, finalists for World Electric Vehicle okay. of the Year. In Luxury Car, World Luxury Car of the Year, we have, uh, again, BMW 7 Series and i7. Mm -hmm. uh, Genesis G90, uh, the Land Rover Range Rover, the new one, of course, and the Land Rover Range Rover Sport. And again, the Lucid Air. Wow, so, uh, two categories. Double for this nomination. Very yeah, small, there. very small automaker, exactly. but uh, missing. And in World Performance Car of the Year, the top five finalists are BMW M4 CSL. That was quite the thrill to drive at Mossport. Wow. The Kia EV6 uh, GT, the Nissan Z, the Porsche 911 GT3 RS. Wow. I had the pleasure of driving that. That Silverstone. In England, is incredible. And the Toyota GR Corolla. Okay, we, La nice lineup of vehicles exactly. here. Exactly. And then, we, <laughs> this is kind of funky. There's a category, of course, this, these are international awards, you know, world cars. So they're a category called urban car. And there are three finalists in this urban car category. <laughs> cars that we don't get. But cars that we don't get very, in North America. Very, very cool to talk about them. But listen to these funky names. All right. <laughs> the Citroën C3. Now, that's pretty basic. That's why I, I heard fine. of that one. Yeah, exactly. 
And then what about the Aura Funky Cat? Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> it sounds like a like a like a like a a Chinese card, exactly. you know, like a, like a like a translation that was that that went wrong. <laughs> exactly. And then we also have a Volkswagen, uh, the Volkswagen Tiggo. Okay. So again, you know, so. <laughs> these are cars that are obviously uh, for the Asian or European markets yes. or emerging countries. We don't have those in, the, in North America. Then for the overall title of World Car of the Year, there's 10 finalists uh, in that category. So the Alfa Romeo Tonale, the BMW 2 Series Coupe, yep. BMW uh, X1 and iX1, mm-hmm. the electric version, of course, the Honda HRV. Uh, the Hyundai Ioniq 6 again, the Kia Nero again, uh, Mazda CX60, uh, Mercedes-Benz C-Class, Nissan Ariya, and the Nissan Z. Wow! So that's the the lineup for uh, all of those cars. You know, of, it, of all these cars that I've just named, some of them will be crowned. <laughs> but who in New York City in the overall category? Yeah, I mean, you've looked at them. Which ones do you think that have oh a fighting chance? Ionic 6, definitely. Yeah. Uh, to me, is going to be a, a strong, strong contender. Um, you because know, of range and overall build quality. And, and, yeah, and, exactly. And, and the yeah. fact that it's an electric car and yeah. that's where the market is moving. Um, if not, you know, personally, I have a soft spot definitely for the 2 Series Coupe. Oh, for like sure. A, it's absolutely. A hell of a drive this car. car. Yeah. The new X1 is also, you know, a strong contender. It's a, it's a, it doesn't break you know any barriers or it's not very innovative but it's a it's it's a nice compelling proposition i also like the uh the cx60 personally you know but that's um that's a maybe more you know mainstream kind of kind of thing so i think you know chances are if there's a uh, one that has you know, the strongest contender in this lineup, I think, will be Ionic Six. Yes, from Hyundai. yes, yeah. yes. Because you've you've driven the CX ninety. We spoke about yep. it at the uh, and, and in another episode. And you know, overall, it's going to be like a baby uh, CX ninety, but not it, you know we're we're going to get the CX seventy from Mazda. Yeah, uh, exactly. in, in not too long. Then a CX sixty. Is it going to come to North America? No, that's it. That's so it. That's, that's, that's also not, another. Yeah. That's also a European market only. European market. So only, again, yeah. you know, we're talking about the World Car of the Year awards. So yeah. this basically this jury is is uh, is a one hundred journalists from I think. Uh, about 40 some odd countries right and uh, in Canada there are three journalists that are that sit on this jury I'm one of them so uh, it's always uh, it's always nice to get in touch to uh, with our colleagues around the world of course and, and to uh, to see what's going on yeah. not only here cars that are available here but also in other markets and so that's uh, that's always an interesting uh, part of uh, part of my job I want to just come back to Nactor uh, for a second yeah. with the uh, Acura Integra yeah um, I mean when it was released this vehicle you know everybody expected so much from yeah. the Integra uh, it's it didn't disappoint I, I, w- I wouldn't use that word but it didn't have everything that you know we were expecting from it yeah uh, I drove the qui- very quickly drove the Type S version uh, yeah the, the, um, the Type S version on yeah, the, in Japan, uh, in Japan. The, uh, Toshigi, yeah. yes very very quickly I mean, it's got a lot of potential, but what, how, why do you think it made uh, made it on the list for Nakdoi? <laughs> Essentially, you know, basically all these awards, there are finalists that have been in, that are announced, and everybody votes. 
Yeah. Right. So maybe the Integra was a couple of votes higher than the next car. You mm-hmm. know? So there's, I think in terms of the Lightning, that was a total yeah, outright domination. Domination. But uh, with regards to uh, to the other two, uh, EV6 and Integra, maybe the vote was split, you know, among different contenders. And right. It just so happens that the winning car is the one with the most votes. votes. Yes. But it might not be as big a margin of victory, if you will, of course. In, that, in that category as in others. Of course, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, congratulations to all hunk of metal, <laughs> hunk of metals that <laughs> with got, wheels. got involved with wheels. <laughs> Engines, <laughs> batteries, motors, whatever. <laughs> and we are looking forward for uh, the New York Auto Show in April uh, to know uh, which one is going to be crowned, the World Car of the Year, and also all the categories, the subsequent categories. So recently, I went over to uh, Seoul to look at the, the Kia EV9 electric vehicle. I can't talk about it right now because obviously all this information is still under embargo. But while I was doing that, you went to the Toronto Auto Show, uh, the media preview, obviously. So, and apparently, you know, what we're seeing from the news is that the 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 public uh you know the attendance uh, has been really strong at the at the uh, Toronto Auto Show so what are the highlights what did you see at the Toronto Auto Show that were really highlights there uh that you're willing to share information with yeah it, I, my flight was a little shorter than yours uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Montreal to Billy Bishop uh airport in downtown Toronto is about an hour and you get to walk to the show and then walk back to the airport and then come home. You can even come home for dinner and then go back the next day if you want. Uh, that's perfectly fine. But yeah, I mean, we've been th- we've been talking about auto shows again and again and how the you know CES has has you know grabbed a whole bunch of automakers and now is making an auto show out of it, not, uh, partly an auto show out of the, uh, the this uh, this consumer electronics show, and how. You know, typical or traditional uh, auto shows are suffering a little bit. In Toronto, it wasn't that much different in terms of uh, manufacturer presence. You know, in Montreal, for example, we attended, I spent the whole week in Montreal and, and so did you, uh, a part of the week each to be able to do the book signings and, and stuff like that. And we saw that there was only one floor and everybody was disappointed. And, um, and in Toronto, there wasn't all that much more. Uh, still two floors, uh, but uh, Jeep was there, Talantis was there, which was the biggest difference from, from Montreal Auto Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Jeep comes to an auto show or, or, or Stellantis and all the other brands uh, related to Stellantis, there's a whole bunch of cars and they had a whole bunch of, of brands on the floor, which made, it took up a big part of the floor. Uh, not many unveilings. Uh, Hyundai, uh, Kia and Subaru were the main ones. Uh, and then after that, a few uh, funky uh, things that we saw at Toronto, which were pretty cool to see. Uh, with Hyundai, uh, it was, uh, they brought uh, what we saw at the LA Auto Show uh, before the holidays, which was the very cool uh, Envision concept, Envision yeah. 74 concept, which is the, uh, bo- which, which uses both hydrogen and battery electric technologies in a kind of a retro. Uh, 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 yeah, very much a retro look. Yeah. Very much a retro look. Yeah. I mean, every time I see it, I'm like, "Wow, somebody actually did this." It's pretty cool. <laughs> Is it gonna ever gonna be on the on the road? We don't know, but uh, on this form, probably not. But still, Hyundai uses uh, a whole bunch of, of technologies, and Hyundai and, and, and Genesis have been 
so much a big presence of more traditional auto shows now that you know we say that manufacturers are kind of taking a step back Hyundai and, and Genesis have, have you know kind of taken that place and uh, delivering uh, on all sorts of, of concepts and, and new vehicles there was also the uh, RN22e uh, which is uh, uh, um, uh, the code name if you wish for an Ionic 6 race car uh, nothing much to say about this one. I mean, it's a twin motor uh, setup that they're doing testing. I, Hyundai calls them uh, rolling labs uh, because they want to test a whole bunch of technologies on them. Uh, I spoke to uh, or a, a few representatives of of um, of, uh, of the brand, and uh, namely Till Wartenberg. Uh, who is a vice president and head of N Brand and Motorsport subdivision? And I got a I got a good talk uh, with him because I wanted to to speak to him about you know Hyundai's talking about the N Brand. We drove yeah. a few N cars, uh, quite impressive on so, on some aspects. Uh, it's not uh, this brand. This subdivision was launched in in Germany, where you know there's so much competition. Where you're talking about uh, uh, performance subdivisions and a, and a Korean. Uh, high performance subdivision launching there was quite a quite impressive, but quite challenging, and um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Um, uh, Wartenberg told me about how you know it was difficult to to kind of um, uh, you know. Uh, pierce the the, uh, the 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 market over there and tell that the end brand was going to be uh, the high performance uh, 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 pendant of, of of Hyundai and how yeah. everybody buys the, the BMW cars and the Audi and then and then trying to compare them is pretty pretty difficult for that. Yeah, it's interesting because you know the the N the letter N uh, stands for for the Hyundai N Motorsports. It yeah, sta- it stands for Nurburgring. And it stands for Namyang. Namyang is, of course, their R&D center in uh, Seoul, near Seoul, Korea. Yes. And Nürburgring, of course, everybody knows what the Nürburgring is. So that's why they chose that specific letter. Yeah. And Hyundai, the, the, the N division, has a huge setup uh, at the Nürburgring. So they're really using uh, that racetrack in Germany to, uh, to, to, to put the cars together, to fine-tune the cars. And, and of course, they're using also their own uh, track in, in Namyang to, to, to do so as well. But I think it's interesting because they, they, you know, nobody really thinks of, well, quite. Hyundai has had a lot of success in motorsports, you know, in world but rally. Very quietly. Yeah, but in world fact, rally yeah. and things like that, not really much in road racing. Yeah. And so uh, they're trying to, 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 to make the that division more relevant. But of course, you know, when you're fighting BMW M, when you're fighting RS at Audi, when you're fighting yeah, AMG definitely, at definitely. That's what he was saying. And <laughs> you know, it's a it's a tough, it's a tough proposition. Yeah, and exactly. and you know, I spoke to him about why did they choose for that Envision concept? Why did they choose what what can hydrogen do in yeah, exactly. this whole deal? What mm. what can it help in motorsport specifically? Because we're talking about motorsport and he's he's a motorsports guy. And he said, because of range. And yeah. I said, well, you know, we, we talk about hydrogen and we always say, oh, well, it's not accessible and it's probably for, for long range driving and stuff like that. But it, it, you can't do a 24 hour, 12 hour, hour race on a battery. It's just impossible. So with the hydrogen uh, part of this concept was that it gives the vehicle 
a good high performance 600 kilometers, according to Hyundai. Of course, it hasn't been tested, uh, uh, but but still, still some advancements. And and Mr. Wartenberg said, you know, we don't know if we're going to be racing with hydrogen, but we, we still enjoy testing it and 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 and, yeah. and showing that it has some 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 advantages. Yeah. So. Well, Hyundai has a lot of history, Hyundai and, and Kia, in terms of uh, research with uh, with hydrogen cars obviously there's a hyundai nexo that's on the market you know very limited numbers and things like that because of course <laughs> where do you find hydrogen there's not many fueling stations yeah so but at any rate they're 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 definitely moving ahead with uh, with that technology as are a number of other manufacturers like bmw still is uh, pushing also uh, with hydrogen honda. Uh, development honda, honda as well yep. so yep. it's an interesting uh, thing we'll see how if if, uh, if it develops in the future yep Uh, next up on the Toronto Auto Show was uh, while well, Subaru uh, Toyota showed uh, Subaru uh, uh, showed the new Crosstrek, which is yeah. a very important model for us, a, a big seller in Canada. Uh, I think it's a very significant car, obviously, yeah. because you know, obviously, in in Canada, you get all-wheel drive. It's a small SUV. It's a relatively affordable. It re yeah, twenty-eight thousand. <laughs> I think it starts exactly. at twenty-eight thousand dollars. I so mean, so I think that's going to make a huge, uh, huge impact. Yeah, in, we were we were talking market. about uh, the the last podcast. We were talking about affordable cars, and we yeah, said exactly. Subaru Impreza was there. You get a very good. Uh, uh, with the Crosstrek, very good uh, all-wheel drive system, exactly, and uh, perfect size for us, you know, and it's, it makes it pretty affordable. So it was a quite quite a popular uh, piece of content on the website. I have to tell you that. Um, and uh, there was a, there was other fun stuff at the Toronto Auto Show, which I, I want to mention because that's they're kind of the crowd gatherer stuff. Uh, you know, we always talk about the launches and 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 the uh, the unveilings, but but what about you know? I saw. Uh, um, uh, an OPP a Corvette Z06 it was OP OPP <laughs> uh, and it, it was so fun because I saw it on Reddit the week before the show and it was photographed in the parking garage beneath yeah. the convention center in Toronto and I said wow you know is the OPP going with a, with a, is a Corvette Z06 and I was like well I saw the quad exhaust and I saw the, you know like it's they actually went with a Z06 they could have easily gone with a Stingray Put OPP uh, uh, stickers uh -huh. on it and let's go. So it was kind of a marketing stunt from the OPP. It wasn't an actual police car because I spoke to the 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 the, uh, the policeman over there that were, that they were doing, you know, like they were talking about training and stuff and 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 and, and getting young people to 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 be interested in police work. And um, so he told me I couldn't even imagine myself trying to get in that car with all my gear on me. <laughs> you know, so, but still, if you want to go on yeah, the website a, and see all the pictures, it's pretty I, cool. I think it's pretty much maybe just like that, a recruitment tool more than anything else. Yes. Because we all know that the uh, standard operating procedure for the police is if there's a high-speed chase, you don't do a high-speed yeah. chase. <laughs> so why do you need a Corvette? Causing all that noise around too. You know? Exactly. It's um, Yeah, so it was an interesting piece to see. And, and uh, a good move from the OPP, I think, to be uh, to uh, to go around and, and and attracted a whole bunch of attention to their boot. Um, also saw a whole bunch of Porsches. Obviously, there was uh, a celebrating the 50 years of Porsche and and a whole bunch of, of old models uh, that were there, uh, namely a Carrera GT 2005 Carrera GT, which is something that we don't see very often, along with uh, a whole bunch of, of older generation 911s. Uh, I also saw a Lamborghini LM002. Uh, truck, which is something that yeah. I haven't, I hadn't <laughs> seen in years. I saw them in yeah. auction, but in person. And I remember, you know, the first time I saw one was at John Scotty in Montreal. You, hmm. you remember he was 
the first Lamborghini dealership or the first Lamborghini outlet in Canada. And he had uh, LM002 in the showroom. And apparently the, the, the salesman who was there at the time uh, told me that it was horrible in the snow. <laughs> so that's something, <laughs> something pretty cool that I remember from my childhood. And I saw this uh, LM002 truck. Um, and uh, last but not least, the, um, the um, uh, Lamborghini Sian. Uh, in Lego, the Lego Technic. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that as well. In uh, 400,000 pieces uh, <laughs> assembled together, which is, and if you look inside the car, you, if you want to visit the website and see the pictures, it's, it's, it's pretty, yes. it's a pretty, it's a pretty neat uh, piece. What I want to see is a crash test of that. <laughs> and then having the, the technicians walk barefoot on all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see if they do another one after that. <laughs> We're talking about this new automaker. It's not a new automaker, but it's an automaker from Vietnam that's been uh, uh, trying trying to get through the market with electric cars um, lately and, and doing a lot of noise in, 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 in the process. Uh, not noise from their cars, but noise from their marketing campaigns. And uh, in Montreal, opening uh, a dealership recently in Toronto and Vancouver, uh, VinFast is uh, announced that it's cutting funding because it was very well, it looked like it was very well funded at the beginning. And now uh, with only a few cars that have been delivered, uh, a little over a thousand cars in, in the US and I haven't seen one in Canada yet. Uh, but uh, cutting funding and trying to make this uh, automaker fly with his own wings, with, it, with his own wings. Uh, you've, been to, you've been to Vietnam. We, we, we did a, a podcast episode on, on, on VinFast. What, what do you think about that? Well, basically, you know, this is a, um, a company, a star, you know, basically a, a brand that in, in the past uh, couple of years was basically manufacturing vehicles under license in Vietnam, you know, uh, essentially GM cars and, and BMW cars. And um, now they decided to go, you know, full steam ahead in their own brand and all electric vehicles or and, and, and SUVs to, to begin with and they decided to uh, invest massively you know the, the they built massive plants uh, in uh, a massive plant in uh, in Vietnam near uh, Haiphong that I visited and you know it has the, all of the state-of-the-art tooling and machines and equipment that you would see in any uh, legacy automaker uh, anywhere else in, in the world so very ambitious, you know, plan. And this, of course, uh, company was um, uh, founded by a, a, a Vietnamese billionaire who's yep. involved in, in many facets of the uh, Vietnamese economy with different uh, different companies and different uh, uh, businesses, uh, business ventures. And basically, you know, they invest. This guy's this guy, um, this billionaire's name is uh, Pham Nat Vuong, and he's worth about four point one billion dollars, according to uh, uh, to uh, Bloomberg, I think. And um, he invested massively to to start this uh, this new brand. But when you look at the numbers. Um, Vinfast lost 1.3 billion dollars in 2021. Yep. And it's close to 1.5 billion um in the first uh 7 or 8 months of 2022. Okay. So, you know, basically you it's can see numbers. It's a, you know, it's a huge 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 drain uh on the company's finances and 
So this billionaire has decided he's not going to invest anymore personally into the brand. That doesn't mean that, you know, maybe they can look for funding from outside sources and things like that to, 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 to keep it going and to keep it, you know, to, to, to be able to produce. Some yeah, because they were self-funded at yeah, some exactly. point, which is, which is very rare. Exactly. So, it, so basically he's, he's decided to, you know, take his foot off the gas, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're right. You know, they're going to try and, and make it work with what's already there. Yes. And potentially, you know, maybe uh, look for some outside outside funding from outside investors uh, who'd be oh. interested in, in, in investing in this, uh, in this uh, new car maker. Uh, obviously, you can imagine that there are, you know, um, some on the plus side, you know, the cost of, the workforce, uh, the yes. labor in, in Vietnam is, you know, is much cheaper than anywhere else in, on the planet. So maybe that's a competitive advantage that this company will have, yeah. uh, provided that they're able to come through with, you know, with quality products that that's meet it. the standards of North American markets. And what I've seen so far, you know, my personal experience of the cars that I've driven, the prototypes I've driven is that it's not quite ready yet, you know, and they're just not ready to... Uh, Quality-wise, to, to to stand up to the competition and to, and also you know their pricing was was not that you know competitive yeah. either. So are you going to buy at the same price a car, an electric car from an established uh, car maker, or are you going to go with this startup from Vietnam? And and you know it's uh, that's that's the. Uh, that's a tough, tough sell. It is, it is. And, and what you mentioned, and I haven't thought, I didn't think about that. I only saw the, the, the FinFasts, you know, being self-funded and all. And then if an investment funds or and a few investment funds want to put their money into a car maker, this is, this is a ready to go thing, you know, barring any problems or, or, or but, you know, uh, inexpensive labor, uh, already the plants built, you've seen it, you know, they, they have the infrastructure to do the cars. Uh, they, they need to iron out some, some, some things, you know, with, with the uh, interior finish and, and, you know, like uh, driving dynamics and being ready for our market, North American market. Uh, but otherwise, maybe there's some, some, uh, some advantages there for, for some outside, inv outside investors. Um, but my question is, you know, what does it mean? For now, for current reservation holders and uh, and and people who actually want to, you know, we're thinking about uh, pulling the trigger on 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 a Vinfast vehicle. Yeah, that's that's the uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's the that's big the question big, mark. Yeah, <laughs> the sixty four thousand dollar question. As yeah. It were. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what it says. I mean, it's it's not that the company's not crumbling down. They 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 re reduce some uh, some uh, some workforce, but ho hopefully uh, we'll get some more news about that, and hopefully someone will will step up and 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 try to try to try to. Try to maybe inject some money or or, or share some technologies to to, to save the mm -hmm. vehicle, the uh, the uh, the company some uh, some some effective to be able to uh, to move forward and push some cars in Canada and and the U.S. So now a couple of test drives. Uh, lately, you've had the opportunity of driving the 2023 Acura T. 
TLX. How was that? Yeah, I, I mean, every opportunity you get to drive a sedan is a good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sound like broken records. Maybe we are, but yeah. I mean, it's always uh, it's endangered always species. Endangered species. <laughs> you like to, to photograph it and, and and take some time with it. I guess it's uh, and and an Acura for you know because it's been it's you know we drive some uh, quite a quite a bit of of, of uh, luxury uh, sedans we, we know with the German cars and being able to drive an Acura is kind of a different experience um, this one was the Acura TLX 2023 Acura TLX uh, Type S uh, Type S meaning it has uh, the bigger engine uh, um, uh, the uh, the uh, V6 uh, that produces 355 horsepower um, all wheel drive obviously standard all wheel drive and SH all wheel drive from Acura which is uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty important and pretty cool uh, during the winter to be able to have that. Um, I absolutely uh, love the fact that uh, the TLX, when you drive it, it looks big from the outside. It, it looks like a big car, uh, but it's not. It just, you feel like it's, you're driving it, it's like a small cockpit. And especially with the Type S, it's got all kinds of features with the dynamic drive mode uh, selector. And, you know, in, in some vehicles, the dynamic drive modes and sport modes and stuff, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't uh, contribute too much to, to, to the drive. And the TLX Type S is one of them that uh, wants to compete with the German car. So it has to kind of deliver uh, the drive. It has to kind of deliver uh, uh, um, the suspension and the, the adrenaline that you want in, in, in driving a sedan. And I, I, I believe that the TLX does deliver in that regard. Uh, you get, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have the, the the price exactly on hand for the TLX Type S. I think it's like a, a little bit over sixty thousand dollars, sixty five thousand dollars. And I think for that package, for that, for only for the drive, it's it's a good package uh, because uh, on the German side of things, you'll, you'd have to kind of go out and and yeah, pick and pay, choose equipment or packages, pay more, pay more money to get some, pay more money to get that kind of of. It's not the, for the power, but but for the driving dynamics. So you you have to kind of package it, and it, it, it would go over seventy thousand. So it's uh, it, I I really and and you have accurate reliability, of course, that comes with it. The thing I hate about it, and you'll, I think you will concur, is um, the infotainment system. In the Acura. <laughs> <laughs> still, I mean, I still struggle with the uh, the pad. They said that the uh, the uh, the uh, the you have actually it's not a tactile screen. We have to specify mm. it's a touchpad, a kind of a mouse pad that you're you're dragging your your finger mm. through where the uh, the uh, uh, the shift knob is. So it's it, you know it makes it uh, uh, well actually there's no shift knob, but in the middle in in the in the center console of the TLX and it makes it for a, an older experience because it used to be like this I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was using it all the time uh, I, I used it to, to set up my phone to do uh, uh, a few uh, initial setups of the vehicle the TLX has a whole bunch of buttons mm -hmm. physical buttons which helps it you know like a, a, Kind of mitigate that that uh, that that disagree the the, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the little hiccup that I like I I, I hate about the disinfotainment system. Well, let me put it this way. Yeah, you know, even Lexus <laughs> threw, yeah, we, threw it we out. Spoke about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because they were they they were the pretty much the only ones that that were doing this this trackpad touchpad kind of. Uh, technology, yeah, and you know this is fine if you're working on a computer, and because the computer is not moving, not moving exactly. <laughs> exactly. But when you're in a car that's in motion, it's uh, almost it's so frustrating. Yes, and that so, was the worst part of it. Just trying exactly. to trying to get my my the, my the cursor on the right, 
you know, and then I was looking at the screen on the corner of my eye and it's well positioned for that, but I'm still not looking ahead of it. Exactly. You know? So even, like I said, even Lexus, you know, decided to drop that with the, uh, on the RX. And so that tells you a lot oh, about geez. where that technology should yeah. be going. Should be going straight out the window. Yeah. And, and you know, with, replaced by something that's much more practical and convenient. It's all about it's all about dashboard design, I guess, for Acura, and uh, they they have to figure that out. Hopefully, they're going to come up with something. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, a little bit cramped on the rear seats. Uh, if you uh, if you're looking for a family vehicle, but if you're you're buying the sedan, maybe uh, maybe you're not. Uh, and uh, overall, uh, good proposition, like I said, for for the performance. Always fun to drive a sedan, and uh, the Acura reliability. Well, I mean, we we can't say much about it. And this engine has been proven to be uh, to be to be good on the long run. So I, I, I absolutely enjoyed my test drive. Uh, you can read it up on the car guide uh, soon. And uh, you drove uh, something that is very different from the last test drive that I spoke to you about, which was a very comfortable test drive. Uh, um, that, that the last episode was a Rolls Royce, but now <laughs> a little uh, something <laughs> very expensive, but a little bit less comfortable. It's the BMW X3 M Performance Competition. Yeah. Competition, Com- exactly. not performance competition. Exactly. Yes. So <clears throat> obviously, you know, BMW X3. Everybody knows what that is like. You know, it's a compact uh, SUV. But now we've got the the M competition version, which is essentially, you know, uh, an M3 on stilts, so to speak. <laughs> I like that because, yeah, actually, you know, the, it was the first the first application of the of the S58 engine uh, that's now in the M3 and the M4 was the X3M and X4M. Those were the first vehicles to get that engine. And so, of course, we're talking about you know 500 plus horsepower in line six. Um, so, you know, it's a fantastic, fantastic engine. And of course, you know, the X3M, the first time I drove it was on uh, public roads, but also on a racetrack. And there, <laughs> you know, it was public roads in, in, in the United States, I should specify. So, you know, good quality roads and also a racetrack. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, it, it handles. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. Obviously, higher center of gravity. Than, I would still take an M3 or an M4 over an X3M or an X4M any day. Yes, but but you don't you feel need, it that much. If you need that type of vehicle, you still it's still plenty fun to drive, and it's it's a blast. It's a blast to drive. However, <laughs> I just drove it for a um, uh, little over a week here uh, in Montreal in winter. And of course, you know, right now, Montreal roads are awful. You know, there are potholes everywhere. Uh, you have a lot also of when you have uh, the snow that's melting, standing water on the roads. And right. of course, there's ruts on the highway. So wide tires on the oh 6-3M. So yeah. a little bit of aquaplaning, uh, bumpy ride, obviously, on, on rough roads. So <laughs> it's it's a vehicle that really, even if you, you know, dial it down to the most, you know, softest settings with the, the suspension. Mode, exactly. Yeah. You're still getting you're still getting a a, a rough ride. So yes. it really makes you you know pay the price, if you will, for 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 the performance. So having said that, you know it's still still a blast to drive. Yes. it's still great fun. Uh, but just that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't agree with our with our winter roads uh, here in Montreal at all. And that's unfortunately uh, the case for many many sports cars. Yes, um, but um, you know, with this one, you sort of like 
Yeah, because it's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of sort of a family vehicle yeah, exactly, turned into a com- like a, with the competition name on it so it's got all the bells and whistles for to, to be yeah. uh, to handle but it's it it compromises weirdly on our on our uh, exactly on our so if you know if you're if you're looking for that type of vehicle and you're going to drive it you know 24/7 365 days a year in Montreal so winter maybe an X3 <laughs> M40 yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah an which for M40 that would be plenty yes. plenty good but this X3 M competition like i said you know really really rough ride uh, in winter that's pretty much the that plus the fact that it's so expensive yeah. <laughs> right? the, the shortcomings for that vehicle uh, you're going to be driving uh, soon. You're going to go out. You're, you're out on the road for a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, one of the things you're going to talk to us about is the new Lexus RZ. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to uh, south of France to uh, drive the new uh, Lexus RZ. Of course, this is the Lexus equivalent, if you will, to the uh, Toyota BZ4X. Yes. So it's based on the same architecture, the ETNGA, so Electric Toyota New Global Architecture. Yeah, same as the Solterra as well. Exactly. So Solterra. Same yeah. thing, but of course, you know, a completely different uh, identity and, uh, visually for the uh, for the RZ luxury car. And um, it's going to be interesting to see just how much, you know, they're able to uh, make the RZ you know, stand apart from the Toyota and Subaru um, equivalent. Right. Um, Hyundai Genesis has done a really good job of that. So we'll see if Lexus yes. and Toyota are able to, to, to do that because, you know, obviously the Ionics, uh, Ionics 5, EV6 and GV60, they all have different, you know, diff- completely different design, completely right. different look. And so we'll see just how uh, how far Lexus has gone in terms of uh, making uh, this Toyota electric SUV a real luxury vehicle. So that's going to be pretty much the focus of, uh, of what we're going to go do there in, 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 in France to, to discover the RZ and to drive it and to see if it's any better also than uh, the Toyota in terms of uh, ride and handling and comfort. Yes. Obviously. Perfect. Well, uh, hopefully we can uh, we can get together again once you come back, and I'll be on vacation next week, so probably not uh, uh, driving. Well, maybe I'm going to drive some cars. Maybe I'll have some some things to talk about uh, uh, specifically for my drives. But uh, until then, thank you for uh, listening uh, to the Car Guide podcast. Again, you can follow us on uh, Facebook and also uh, uh, visit the website carguideweb.com for all our test drives and uh, photo galleries. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto, as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.